Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host Serene. In this podcast you will find movie reviews and TV show reviews, the latest news about the film industry, monthly watch list, award show predictions and recaps, recaps on events like Netflix's To Doom. You will receive two episodes a week, Thursdays and Sundays. You can follow me on Instagram at movie reviews with Serene and Movie Reviews with Serene podcast. Come join the journey. Hello, hello and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. First of all, Happy New Year. And second of all, I am so excited that the podcast is back because like, I've been itching to talk about many things that happened over the two, like over the past few weeks so i cannot wait to literally like talk like a waterfall because it's been a long time and so much has happened the last time we talked and so i am going today like my agenda for today is one i will be giving you a preview of what's coming in regards of movies this year and I'm very excited about that to talk about that finally then I'll be doing a review on what if Echo the brother's son Saltburn which I watched and then I'll talk about the movies and TV shows I watched the first week of January and also during the holiday season. So, like I said, I'm very excited to talk about them, especially Southburn. So, stay tuned to that. Then, also, the Golden Globes happened. And as per usual, my predictions, most of them, came true. And along with the Emmys, also happened. So, my predictions for that came also true. So, we're going to talk about that. In the next episode, because if I talk about those two in this episode, the episode will be very, very long. So let's get started and talk about What If Season 2, because we've got a lot to talk about that season. Before I talk about What If Season 2, because I forgot to add that, I won't be able to release an episode on the f- in the first week well yeah first week of february because i will be outside of my usual recording space and so therefore also i i will sadly i think probably miss the grammys because i will be not home <laughs> And so, I'm kind of sad, but where I'll be traveling will be worth me not being able to watch the Grammys and then tell you who won, who lost, so, in regards to movies and TV shows. So, yeah, there's that. Also, so you you will get an episode on, this episode will be like released on January 18th. Then, because I'm pre-recording it, obviously. <laughs> then, because um, I have to do it, because I have 
I'm very busy. Will be busy in February as well. And so I'm very busy at the moment, so that's why I have to re- pre record this episode. So, yeah, you will get an episode on January 18th, January 21st. Then also on. Yeah, January 25th and January 28th. And then I will release an episode on January. Um, not January. <laughs> on, on February 8th. Because that's it, Thursday. And on, on the 4th, like I said, I won't be home. So I that, will, that would be a lot of stress. And also the same thing goes out for February 1st. So yeah, will be an absence, but um, I'm trying. Like I, I know it will be worth it. And like I don't know when the Super Bowl will be happening because I thought I think the last one was February sixteenth, if I'm not mistaken. If it's that the if it's that the case, I will be of course sharing which trailers we got. Spoiler alert: We'll get um. The trailer for the boys season four. There is a Super Bowl commercials. I'm so excited, and I think last year we got um, Flash, Fast X, Ant Man, something else. Ant Man, Flash, Little Mermaid. Yeah, those were the, some of them, those were the trailers, some of them, we got during the commercials for some, I remember I stood up for, I think, I was up until 4, 5 a.m. just to watch this football and then like watch Rihanna perform, and this time Asha will be performing, I really hope he will perform, yeah, with Ludacris, um, Lil John, and that's pretty much it. That's it. I was like, I want like him to perform. Um, DJ, don't what's the name? DJ. No, DJ. Don't this was at the music was Rihanna. <laughs> what's the Usher? The the one with Pitbull, and David Guetta. I also want him to perform. Um, like the Justin Bieber song, cause I don't know I really want to see that happen, but I don't I don't think it will be happening. But we will see on I think in the second week of February. With that being said, let's talk about what if season two because a lot of see I can talk because I it's there has happened a lot of mind blowing stuff a lot of stuff we knew and um a lot of stuff which will be happening I just love what if so much because it's like it's a twist on the Marvel universe and then we'll get to see like what what. If, I don't know, like, Nebula didn't join the Avengers, 
or guardians. So that was actually it. A spoiler for for episode one, season two of Olymp, which we'll be talking about in detail after I add this audio on t- before the what if review. Okay, so as I said, the first episode of season one, uh, excuse me, season two, um, was kind of like a recap of season two with Jeff Wright as the watcher. And, well, the first 15 or two, between 15 and five minutes of the episode. But the first episode of season two of What If was titled What if Nebula joined the Nova Corps and huh, how can I say it without spoiling <laughs> so Nebula like joined um didn't join the Guardians but she do- joined the Nova Corps uh, Nova Corps and So she fought against. She fought against um, other species in in the galaxy, and I really like that because one. The possibility is just. Was very interesting. Because you know the galaxy, the guardians consider um, along with the Avengers consider Nova Corp the bad one so not like Nebula had cha- had joined them instead of the Guardians and then so th- she was considered like evil but she wasn't evil and then another thing which was really interesting was that Was that along with the Nova, like in this Nova Corp organization, she had to fight or like more like prevent that Ronin and his force wouldn't uh, hurt the other citizens of the of the galaxies of the galaxy and like planets so then she also vowed to solve um what's the name mm. The one who died in in season one. What's something with Y? You, Yun, 
Yotu, Yotu, ah, Yondu. So she has to like um reinvestigate in Yodu's uh murder because he, because we as the audience know that he was killed, but no, never doesn't, and so her quest or that trial, should I say, leads to very surprised to a meeting with very surprising individuals and, should I say, surprising allies. I don't want to reveal who those humans are, but I screamed because I wasn't expecting that to happen. And also, like, obviously, as a What If series, there's always this cliffhanger. So that was the case with the first episode. And I really enjoyed it as a as a really good, into like, a pilot of the second season of What If. And also, it was nice hearing Jude Law and Taika Waititi. Obviously, Jeff Wright is about you guys know I'm a very huge fan of Jeff Wright, and like hearing all three voices again and oh yeah, also it has to do something with a specific time stone, or should I say a specific infinity stone? Yes, I I said I unfortunately have revealed. That it was Tesseract, that was a time stone with Ephraim Loki. So that was like no more cop. Like that was the first episode. And there was a squirrel finger. And in the second episode, this was where a version of the Marvel Universe where Peter attacked Earth. It at he attacked Earth's heroes, and he didn't join the Guardians. And so Ego wasn't this like loving character, who we know, he who like he was in the Guardians of Gulf, the Galaxies trilogy, or has been. So they like. They combine forces, or basically it's like this master and, what's the word? <laughs> master and student relationship. So Ego raises Peter to be like, to be filled with hatred towards the earth feeding him by feeding him like with uh, feeding him false false information and this also like takes place in 1988 it's important and i'll reveal why so also like we so they, they went they go back to earth peter goes back to earth he's he's like filled with hatred and and so that Peter's Peter being hateful towards the Earth forces Howard the Duck and Peggy Carter to form a team with other 
heroes of the universe, <laughs> of the Marvel universe, and fight against Peter. Star Road. And so they call themselves the new Avengers. And we also we also see that hope, you know, the wasp in, from Edmund. He uh, she is also a part of this um They are they're like hoping she's also a part of these Avengers. But kinda of like semi part. So her father, Hank and Hope. They tried to turn, like, they tried to turn Peter, so, like, Peter is kind of, he's kind of, like, brainwashed a bit, so she tries to get him out of, out of the brainwashing, so, like, in time before Ego, like, overwhelms and or like ego destroys earth so they kind of they are successful with it that can like i can say but then something else happens and then the the second cliffhanger in this season occurs so we jump into the third episode and this one was kind of cute because it's titled Happy Saved Christmas. And so Stark's, Tony Stark's enemy, enemy, <laughs> enemy, <laughs> enemy, uh, Justin Hammer, he, mm, let me think, so, Happy and the other, please, they throw a holiday party at the Avenger Tower, Avengers Tower, but that kind of is, like, interrupted, because Justin Hammer, you know, Stark's enemy, he comes back, and then he... <laughs> Also, like, the Ultrons help. Like, the Ultrons help. But he kind of does this, like, his employees do this, like, technical magic trick. So all the Ultrons turn evil and try to kill every single attendee at this holiday party. So Happy has to save every single person. And so, like, Happy and Daisy and Maria Hill, they try to stop Hammer and... But 
but obviously it's what if so there isn't happen happy ending but there were so many like very 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 brutal kills and i was like oh my god <laughs> i wasn't i wasn't like expecting some of the kill it was very brutal even though it's like an anime animated series this would have been easily R-rated if it was a live-action one. So, that was an episode, like, where there wasn't a cliffhanger. And then we go to episode five, uh, 4. And this one is titled, If What If Iron Man crashed into their grandmaster also i forgot to mention this sometime oh wait hold on let me check Mm, okay okay excuse me i was about to spoiler you so so he Tony Stark <laughs> He challenges the Grandmaster on this planet not Earth but like the Grandmaster's planet for a death match And, like, just to think about that, like, this possibility is so much fun. As someone who who enjoys martial mixed martial arts, like, watching mixed martial arts. And so we also, like, see, uh, obviously, Tony in his Iron Man suit, but that doesn't really work. So he has to, like, fight... Uh, in other ways also the grandmasters like i forgot the name of the planet but it's um sakar and i really enjoyed this episode because the the Oh, the match was called Demolition Derby Death Match. So it was it was basically like this in the two thousands there used to be these like robot matches. That's that was basically this episode with some twists here and there. Should I say? But it was it, it looked like in real anime anime like a real anime episode kind of like attack on titan or what's the other one on titan i also had like major Yu-Gi-Oh flashbacks don't ask me why probably because of the there there be demolition like um matches oh death match there was only one i was there was only one i I thought there were two, but there was only one. And it was, like, so funny because they would fight and then Grandmaster would, like, verbally assault or, like, insult 
um, Tony, and then they would fight again, and then Tony would verbally insult the Grandmaster, and it was a back and forth, it was so funny, the dialogue was, I, overall the dialogue was, like, better than the first season, I would say, I love also the, the, the references to the movies, and the, the TV shows of, of the Marvel Universe, There was one specific one, I won't bother which one or in which episode, but it was so nice. I mean, it was so nice, like, I, I almost, like, spoiled it, but it was so nice to revisit, even if it's just a line, but revisit that memory. So, also, like... Also, the that like that one, but like if you watch the season, you will understand what I'm trying to say, but not to say at the same time. But it was really nice to going back uh, in time and revisiting that. Also, like hearing um Robert and Jonah's voice as Iron Man and and seeing the suit again was very very emotional for me and then like after the match Tony returned to Earth and Pepper and obviously he won the match like if he had lost he would have had to give up his new suit and armor and um and he would have been the prisoner of uh, Sakar. Thankful, thankfully, he won. But it was really funny. It was like I, th- I have to say, I. This was probably my favorite episode, besides. The, upcoming two, episodes, because those were like, those were like mind blowing, even the possibility of, a certain person coming back and then a certain organization coming back I really enjoyed that episode also also like um there was this very cute phone call with Stark with Tony and Pepper Overall, I really enjoyed that uh, episode, but on to the episode where I was, like, shocked, excited, and hyped about. It was the episode number five, titled, What if Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper? One... Just the idea is just like mind, mind, mind was blown, and it's still blown that 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 this happened. And two, you will never ever guess who the Hydra Stomper 
is. Of course, I won't be spoiling it, but if you have watched Captain America Civil War, Captain America 1, <laughs> and... Um, And Black Widow, not Black Widow, Iron Man 3 and 2, a bit of 2. You will understand why I was very shocked about this episode. But one, this, like we, uh, Black Widow was back, then Agent Carter was back, and so she got the also with Poseidon Fury and so Nick Fury gave Captain Carter this mission to save to save like Cap Captain America because hmm because um a we found out that later, but like Hydra, Hydra, like the Nazis and you know those humans, they have brain had brainwashed, had um Captain America. So he didn't know who he was, and he didn't know that Captain Carter and him were like a thing back in the. 80s? No. Oh, 40s, 50s. And so, for one quest of Captain Carter is like trying to save Steve because they were. It was very dangerous to be. So I don't spoil anything. And our second quest was that obviously you had to start, start stop the Hydra like Hydra and the Hydra Stomper and also we also found out that Perg is still alive but it also has a twist because uh, because like the in this first season um we we thought she had died and come to this season she was just sent to a different century because um when when she tried to save Steve and stop the stomper we found out that it was a different universe and she was like she was like caught in a collision between collision between universes so she actually went back in time to save Steve, then went back, went forward in time to, to obviously when she went back in time, she obviously like changed the time. So when she went forward in time, she found out okay like I she went to the 21st century and so so obviously she saw Steve again but he wasn't the Steve she had left so to to like get her super soldier 
serum. And then, and so like in the 21st century, she was leading the Avengers, but she and Natasha Romanoff, aka Black Widow, then found out that Hydra Stomper was this person, like this Hydra Stomper had a person inside it. I won't reveal who. And then they found out, okay, this person is still alive, but Peggy thought that he had died. So she tries to save Steve, also, but also stop this, the Hydra stopper. I know it sounds like a broken record, but that's what I can't say without spoiling who it is, why it, he why this person was in that metal thing and so like also like the two women like black widow and peggy they they want to like investigate in why hydra is back and who and who like who brainwashed Steve and when we found that out I was shocked because I didn't I would have never thought that a certain person could be this evil. But also it kinda like back then I was like, Oh, that's messed up but giving the whole picture like watching every single episode, it kinda makes sense. Why? So I really enjoyed seeing or like seeing the possibility of that, like Hydra being back. And um, it was also very emotional because obviously like Steve does remember Peg, but Peg doesn't remember Steve. And then they kind of like, they kind of like talk about what they, what happened between them and all their favorite moments and obviously Peggy doesn't want Steve to die so she tries every single thing in the books to um to save Steve along with the Avengers because obviously they know about it and because they travel like back in time with her and the Avengers there was this very funny scene with Hulk and um so like obviously like wait Bruce Banner tries to help Steve remember what happened to him and then as we like have all known he obviously does it in the third act of the of the episode. So that was really cool to see like all the Avengers again and then them like coming together for this bigger picture meaning saving Steve but also they kind of like um they can it's kind of revealed why Nick Fury did what he did
and this was really, really interesting. And also, like, obviously, there was another cliffhanger. So, with the cliffhanger, we just jumped into... To, oh, also, excuse me, after... Oh, also, like, um, we found out, obviously, what we all know and knew from... What's the name? WandaVision, that... Scarlet Witch and another person. Okay, we'll reveal who it is. It's Nick Fury. <laughs> and so they she still has the mind stone, so she she was who cast this spell on every single like on like Steve and Peggy and the rest. So and that's reve- that's being revealed and a bit of her master plan as well. And then there's this cliffhanger. Then in the sixth episode, which I don't really like, I don't know what to think of this episode because I have never read the comics. So we get introduced to this character called Kahori. And the the episode is titled, What if Kahori reshaped the universe? Uh, excuse me, you sh- reshaped the world. And after watching this episode, it's kind of like an introductory episode. Because Kahori is a Mohawk woman, and she ventures into the waters of Forbidden Lake to help save her people who are getting attacked by... By individuals who want to steal the Tesseract. Mostly evil. Because in this reality, the Tesseract fell into fell to the earth and and it imbued a Mohawk girl, that's Kohori, with power which she used to fight the to the evil humans like mostly bandits or like um bounty hunters to no like they were trying to plunder and and destroy everything in the legacy fountain of youth or near the legacy fountain of youth and um where the lake like the tesseract is kind of like embedded in the lake so every single time where Kaori is like near this lake she gets these powers. I was very cool. It reminded me of um. It reminded me of Percy Jackson a little bit. Also, yeah. Then Doctor Strange obviously pops by, and he like tells her about the other stones and 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 like. 
Um, and like obviously we know that Thanos had them, but in this reality he didn't have them. A certain another human being had them. And then there's this cliffhanger with Doctor Strange again and another human being and Kaora. And then we jump into the seventh episode where the title is What If Thor's Brother eh, not, excuse me, Thor's sister, Hela, found the ten rings from Changchi and causes havoc. So like Hela is after like rebelling against Odin. She is being stripped from her powers and bent to earth. And then where she like comes across, um, across, like the, across the, what's, what's, what's Simulus name in Ten Rings again? Like she comes across um the the ten rings like she basically Simu Liu's father in Shangxi she kinda like seduces him and then she they're like an item and then she steals the rings from him and Basically, like, she basically, like, goes back to Asgard and then, and then uses the rings to hurt her father and, and, her, and his stuff. And then she kind of, like, gets the crown puts it on onto her f- head and then and then she conquers the nine realms for her own for her own ends and um yeah basically it's, it's like a revenge plot that's it that's the episode and I have to say, it's like the weakest one, even the, even though the action looked really good and the animation style looked really good, I still have to say it's the weakest one. And also, like she ha- like Michelle Yeoh is also back, and so she, basically, it's like the anime version of Changji, and so she, she teaches Michelle Yeoh teaches. Michelle's character teaches um, Hela all the like the meditation stuff and 
how to con how to work with flowers and how to make them and like you use them as a as a weapon and make them float in the air but obviously Bella is like filled with hatred and evilness and rage so she is like okay like uh, all right here it is and then she fails to do that to do that so she's like okay like when will i be able to fight and michelle is like you you have to be patient and because these things take time but hella is very impatient and so she kind of like tries to bribe michelle yo <laughs> obviously that doesn't work out for her and she somehow like really really learns to be patient and um masters every single process before she can use and deal with the rings and then she seduces the father again of Shang-Chi and then has the rings and then goes to the goes back to Asgard and then confronts her father and then he finally before hurting her hurting him she Odin finally sees what her potential has always been and then he's like okay like you can have the crown and then she puts the crown on and then the episode ends so that was that I have to say it was the weakest one and then in the eighth episode, which is titled The Avengers Assembled in... What if the Avengers Assembled in 1602? We then found out the real big... Like the real master plan of, of Scarlet Witch. And we also find out why, Cap- why Nick Fury... Fury um, gave this mission to Peggy, like... To travel from universe to universe. And then we get a showdown of villains and... Oops. Villains and... um, Heroes. And... Oh yeah, Wanda and like Captain Carter, they both try to save that reality from its future self, where obviously Wanda Scarlet Witch did what Scarlet Witch did, and she basically manipulated every single human being and then make made them like live false realities. Basically, she did basically the same thing that she. Did it what the vision? And then she, so she teams like Captain Pe- Carter and and I was like Wanda Merlin was also a. a character in this one is kind of like it was very interesting and um i like dr strange and yeah dr strange also 
chimes in to get shenanigans of wonder like but like he's kind of good but then turns and is evil i yeah and so we have this very very beautifully shot um or like edited and created showdown between evil and good and then this hug is like oh no no we Hulk is also is like causing havoc. Then we see Thor again. Obviously, also like we see Hela again. So they kind of like have this showdown for sister, sister like sibling showdown, and then there's this twist, and that twist occurs, and then we jump into the last episode of this season, the season finale, which was a banger of a season finale because basically we got what they've confirmation what happened in during the postcard scene of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness with Evil Strange and Supreme Strange and the episode is titled What If Strange Supreme Intervened so Strange, like, oh yeah, the cliffhanger was like that. Strange, strange has uh, had asked Peggy that, um, what she had like. Basically, he didn't really ask, but he said that he said, "What you have seen is only the beginning." And also, he also, ended by saying, um, "There's a lot more we have to like talk about." And then the episode ended, the eighth episode. So in the Ninth episode, Strange asked Peggy to help with with uh, like we later found out that evil Strange and Supreme Strange came came back. So with like those two, but. But Strange was, uh, like, he wasn't telling that it was actually a variant, or two variants of him. So, when Peggy found that out, she was very furious, and, um, very understandably, like, confused. And also, the, like, also, like, another person they have to fight against was Kahori, because she was, um, going on a rampage with the powers of the Tesseract, and which destroyed her home world, and she also was threatening the multiverse, and so they have to like form a team out of our heroes and stop her. Even though like the Watcher have, he like want them, all of them.
strange supreme still like he was still intervening and then there was this epic epic showdown with like the 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 mind stone being a big big playing a big big part in this showdown so everything like every scenes every single scene after the showdown was red and it was really really cool like from a color grading perspective and there was obviously another like there was a pro there wasn't a post credit i thought there would be two there wasn't but it was a it was like ugh, i can't talk I, I like it was a it was a worthy of a worthy episode of a season finale and I honestly cannot wait for Body of Season 3. And it was so good to to be able to watch this series again after two years, I think. Yeah, two years of No What If. And giving, like, I am convinced that, uh, that especially what happened in episode five and eight and six will play big parts in the upcoming movies and tv shows of of marvel this year next year the year after that especially in captain america new uh, captain america's um a new world i am convinced that we will see some some shenanigans from this season because we did see some shenanigans from um last season of what if in doctor strange with the different strange variant and the evil strange and the zombie strange so i am curious to see how like how many how many situations from season two of what if will actually factually will be happening in the live action TV shows and movies of the Marvel Universe. And that was my review of What If. Like I said, it was so, so good. Even the Kohori episode. That one was really good. But but like visually, I don't... It was like, a, I felt like a filler episode. But then after watching like the ninth episode, I understood why had to happen like why Kahori was introduced to us and also she is the first um well not the first but like semi-first because Indian Spider-Man also counts but like she is the first like Native American slash Indian um female character of Marvel of Marvel and in a Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, Cosmos, um, character, like a comic book character. So, let's talk about Saltburn, because I have seen so many critics saying it's, it's like, it's so bad. And I've also seen some critics and people 
talking about it that it's good and i have to say one it's by a24 you know i love this movie company so much so um i would say or have to say that i didn't like it no, i'm just kidding i loved it so i enjoyed it i was i was draw like i was shocked i was entertained through and through and um i really enjoyed that the portrayal or portrayal of mental health how that was very very well done yeah he were especially psychopathy <laughs> um and um other mental health diseases or this not diseases disorders and so also like the scenery was very very good but but like i don't really think that this movie kind of like mm, it's up to its hype especially don't get me wrong especially like i mean i the hype for the like the controversy for the scenes like the vampire scene the graveyard scene the bathtub scene which i have to say it was very disgusting and the vampire scene i was like all right okay i mean very interesting to see the least and the graveyard scene i was like see i was like i watched like jeffrey dahmer so i was kind of like you didn't shock me as i thought it would shock me but the bathroom scene did shock me i was like what the fuck is going on and i just have to like jacob lordy he was very good and i also understand why he did what he did like the ending of the movie was very very suitable should i say to his character and i also enjoyed how how like after every single thing happened especially in the third act of the movie that the saltburn people like the saltburns um the saltburn estate residents could just sit on the table all together and have a meal knowing what what happened a few nights ago in the span of the movie a few nights ago a few weeks ago a month ago and i was just i was just like in awe weirdly in awe <laughs> because it's just so it just shows us you the audience that they just don't give a fuck they are just old money and are just like kind of like um are just like 
oh, this thing is just normal. People are dying left and right. There are so many murders left and right. And we're just like eating, like enjoying our breakfast. So that like shocked me. I was like, mm, maybe it's like the case in the upper class, upper, upper class. So I don't know. That was, but I also like enjoyed the scene where you slowly see that Jacob Elordi's character actually doesn't want, like, doesn't want, doesn't see Barry Keoghan's character as, as, like, how can I say as like a lover or or an or like a friend even he Jacob Lordy is just his character is just um I'm trying to think of the of the Of the like, he just he's just uh, seeing Barry Keoghan as this pawn, which he can use eventually for, um, should I say like for exploitation, intimate exploitation for this like this movie really gave me Get Out vibes and. And, um, and, like, Barry Keegan was the, no, not Barry Keegan, oh, right, am I mixing up? Who is the psychopath? Oh, it's Jacob, okay. So, like, Barry Keegan is just, like, this normie, should I say, not rich person, who got, like, this, um, this opportunity to study at Oxford, and he then meets like Jacob Elordi's character, who is this rich person, doesn't know what to do with his money, and he invites him to Saltburn, this estate. But uh, night after night after night, there's certain things happen in at this estate, and um, but to obviously to Jacob is just something normal. And he kind of like allures Barry Keoghan's character into into like wanting to become him, because and because like Barry Keoghan is like so fascinated, so obsessed with Jacob or the or this character that he slow like he like slowly turns into Jacob or this character, and then the the the. The thing he did at the end was just 
a little bit of foreshadowing. So, I also like Carrie Mulligan is also in this one, and she was in Promising Young Woman, and also, also like this movie is by the director of Promising Young or the same director of Promising Young Woman, and. It's I I have interpreted it as a metaphor for so many things. One being queerphobia, two being like the ever growing distance or ever growing like space between the upper class and the lower class and how fucked up they actually are and like how none of that actually it's how none of that actually is like um explainable or like justified they are just bored and rich and they have very questionable rituals and also like racism is also a part of that the uh, the metaphor i have interpreted um along with like how far a person can take an obsession or like what how far is too far in this case and and what an amazing actor David Capaldi is. I can't wait for season three of three. Oh yeah, season three of Euphoria to watch him again as Nathan. But, um, yeah, Saltburn, it was an experience, it was a roller coaster, and a very shocking one at some point, at, like, less shocking one at one point, and I am convinced none, not many people will enjoy the ending, but also, like, some, some scenes were kind of, like, unnecessary, to my taste and nevertheless it looked amazingly by like visually scener- cinematography cinematographically and and if you want to watch it you can watch it on prime video and then like be shocked but don't watch it with your parents because it's very explicit So another movie I finally watched was The Hunger Games, The Songbirds of Snakes. And I have to say it was so nice to be back in the Hunger Games universe. And um, like now we know why Snow was a tyrant and... We like found out many 
new th- like many things about his. I always thought that he was a. He was like from the, poorer districts, but he was actually from the, richer districts of the Hunger Games and why the Hunger Games, even like were, even taking place, or like were um. Were. Created, founded, and also Peter Dinklage. I just enjoyed this human beings acting chops he was amazing in it along with wilder days but i have to say that wilder davis's character one i maybe because i was i am terrified of snakes but um and there are a lot of snakes and so and i i found wilder davis's um acting in this role very over the top it it reminded me of joker not Joker, but like Harley Quinn and Cruella. But I enjoyed Hunger Games, but Songbirds of Snakes. So, like it wasn't. There were it. Uh, it didn't really seem that long, like from the runtime of the movie. But there were some scenes where I was like, "Hey, that's kind of un- unnecessary," and I just enjoyed like the little nods to the Hunger Games like there was a nod to Katniss there was a nod to Mockingjay part 1 and 2 then um then I also enjoyed like the arena scenes I wish there were more I even enjoyed the musical scenes. I normally don't like musicals because I don't know it's just boring. Well, I I there are some I enjoy like La 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 Land and yeah La 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 Land. That's the one I think. I can't think of. Oh yeah, and um the greatest showman. But yeah, I really enjoyed that aspect. But overall, it was a. L- an amazing experience to watch or to be back in the Hunger Games universe and also like finally know more about the background of Snow and President Snow and um, and and the love story between Snow and I want to say Katniss, but that's not right. What's her name again? Oh yeah, Lucy Gray, because it like gave me like um Katniss vibes, like. And I enjoyed that. I also, um, I also enjoyed the nod to, like I said, the Hunger Games, um, because at one point, Lily whistled the 
the melody of um the melody of the tributes and I enjoyed that. Then I also I also like enjoyed the fight scenes in the arena in the during the Heart Hunger Games. I wanted to see more of Hunter Schaefer, but she was really good as Snow's cousin, Tigress. I also like it was a like it was a revenge mo like a revenge plot movie and but also like a love story and I enjoyed both stories like I enjoyed the love story and the revenge story and especially when um, Snow said to Peter Dinklage's character that Snow falls on top because a few scenes prior, Peter Dinklage's character said that Snow's basically like it was a metaphor for the Snow dynasty to would like collapse because they found out that Snow had was in love with you know snow was a mentor for lucy grace but he was in love with her so that is obviously forbidden and so peter dinklage was like yeah well also like if if they didn't like if snow didn't win the hunger games then their house would have been evicted and so Peter Dinklage was like, you know, like, snow falls down. And before killing Peter Dinklage, um, snow, like, said that snow falls falls on top. And I really liked that. Also, there were a lot of, there were so many um, metaphors. Also, like, when Lucy Grace sang I Do, Are You, that song by The Hanging Tree, I lost my mind because I... Because I, that's like big, the biggest indicator that, that Hunger Games, but that was the biggest indicator that this movie would do well on at the box offices because it's like a prequel to the Hunger Games and with all its like aspects, some of them. At the, with, also, we saw some mocking jays, and I was like, "Oh my god, some mocking jays!" We saw some mocking jays and some catniss, and it was like a feast for Hunger Games, um, for a Hunger Games fan like me, and I want to see more. And I. I'm hoping that a few Oscars will be given to 
to Lily and Lily Gladstone, mm, Lucy Gray, Rachel Zegler, and Viola Davis, and Peter, Peter Dinklage, because both of them also like um, Snow was also really good. Tom. Tom Blith. So I'm very excited for the Oscar season. And um And like it after after watching it it really made me want to rewatch all the movies of the Hunger Games. And so, also, like, I loved the violence in this movie. And there were some um, jump scares, especially with the sneaks. And some other jump scares, jump scares as well. It was basically as if you were watching the first installment of the Hunger Games, but without Katniss. A part of it. And then another part of that was like just Snow's car- Snow's story and why he is he was evil, this evil. He was uh, he wasn't even evil at the beginning, but then he was made to be evil. And that can be a metaphor for a lot of things in this world. Also, like, during the filming of this one, the sec after they, um, they allowed to, allowed for the actors to film, and it was, even though it was, like, uh, during the sec after strike, but also, like, a lot of the, a lot of the, probably, I think, 95% was, shot in berlin and it was really cool seeing like how they they used like tunnels and other berlin um place the other places in berlin in like and have um changed its its function and made it a part of the arena and it looked so cool and seeing like the the the, the host of again and like the commentator again even though without the female host which probably she was my favorite character out of out of the well besides Katniss obviously but like in the original ones she was my favorite character seeing not seeing her was kind of like made me sad but 
seeing him also kind of made up for it. And also, there was also this change of the statue of the Lady Justice from the movies. Because in the movies, um, like in Catching Fire and Hunger Games, um, or Mockingbird Part 1 and Part 2, Mockingbird Part Mocking J part one and part two. And the statue of the Lady Justice is holding like two swords. Excuse me, one sword. Instead of two swords in the movies. And that's because of like how corrupt the system is like in this prequel. Obviously, the system is also corrupt in the in the in mocking Jay and catching fire but in this one it's even more corrupt and also I also enjoyed that it was a revenge plot but also a like a plot of honor and the and like carrying on the family name and so on and so forth. So, like I said, this movie was open for interpretation. Interpretation. Like, I would say it's a it's a, it was a good prequel, and but I wouldn't say it was better than the first installment of the Hunger Games, even though it like felt at times that way but it never like could make up make it never like um be as or create and hype as much as the first installment of hunger games the hunger games and there are some gruesome scenes in the arena um where I had to like, I was, where I had to blink or like I had to go back to that, to a certain scene because I couldn't believe that they actually showed it. So it was kind of like rated R-ish at times, but I still enjoyed it. The these two swords also like kind of symbolize the that the capital is like superior to the districts, but in a corrupt way. And also, Bella Davis as the villain was like 
very, very good. Her obsession with snakes was very, very interesting. Was very, very interesting. And like, if you know why, then it does make sense. But um, yeah. So Snow was a songbird. At at first, then he turned into a snake. At last, at the end, and um, and there is that. That was the Hunger Games, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I also watched um, the ninth, the eighth, and ninth episode of Monarch. Legacy of Monsters. I can't believe that it will end this. Not this. It will end in a couple of days, and um, I also watched the fourth episode. Fourth episode or fifth episode? <laughs> Hold on. I always mix it up. Oh yeah, fourth episode and fifth episode of Percy Jackson, and um, I have to say, like I said, it's a it's a continuation of the movie. So right now we're like on the journey with Percy and Grover and Annabeth. I also falsely said that she was the daughter of Thalia. That wasn't the case. She is the daughter of Athena. Um. So, yeah, they're like on the way to Los Angeles, with obviously with Grover and the and like Percy has stolen Zeus' sword, or what's the name? Blizzard sword thingy, Blizzard scepter. And so they are like getting, um, they are like being chased by, by the half-blooded, but the evil ones, and and yeah, so they are hiding at this, like, they are kind of, like, hiding in somewhere, I think, I remember the name, but, like, they're hiding in this building, which is kind of, like, this temple for Athena, and, um, Annabeth, like, she summoned Athena, and then the episode ended, so, uh, yeah, I will probably talk about it in full length in a couple of weeks. But it's going great. The visual eff- uh, the visual effects are very, very good. And I also watched during the holidays. I watched um Merry Little Batman. I 
am not sure what to think about it because if I were like, I don't know, like 13, 14, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, or probably younger, I would have loved it. But as an adult, I don't love it. I didn't love it and I did enjoy it, but it was too childish or too, like, too childish and too um, dumbed down, should I say, for me. So, I didn't enjoy, enjoy that. But I enjoyed the diary of a grimp, of a grumpy, grumpy kid. Um, the Christmas motion pictures special. I enjoyed that. I, really, I even enjoyed the horror aspect of it a little bit. And I enjoyed that one. It was, I wasn't, it was really nice to watch something. Um, to watch something from that universe again after so many years. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. It was a nice Christmas watch for me. I also watched um, the Netflix special of the newest one by Dave Chappelle. It was very entertaining. And also Trevor Noah. I am a huge fan of this human being. He always speaks the truth. And I just enjoy his humor and him, him like calling everybody out. Especially the government. And oh, it was very funny and entertaining. And then I also watched the one with oh, I also uh, the one comedy special with um Chris Rock and Kevin Hart. That was really emotional. It was an emotional one. As someone who has always watched these two, like their specials, and. I don't know, it was very emotional from a from a from a fan perspective. Also like very funny. But then I watched this um documentary on Netflix. It's titled Bit Bitcoin and it was about the what's the name? Centra Bitcoin fake debit card con artist thingy documentary that one was very interesting and i will never ever like i will never ever buy bitcoin <laughs> so it made me once again like sort of solidify that that i won't i will never ever buy bitcoin which i haven't bought but i was thinking maybe i should now i know i shouldn't anyways so that that was very interesting. Then I watched this documentary titled "What You Are, What You Eat," and it was very very informative and interesting because it was like obviously about our food and the different types of diets like omni diet, vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, 
one thing I know on I can't remember the name of Aikido and so on and so forth and I really enjoyed that one and then I also watched the brother's son with Michelle Yeoh it was released on January 1st oh no January 4th I'm sorry <laughs> January 4th and I really enjoyed that uh, the MMA f- scenes were amazing it's basically like the underworld it's a crime thing and it's really really good I'll talk about it later in this episode then I also watched I also watched Echo. I am still recovering from it. It was very, very good. It was an amazing spin-off of the Marvel Universe. Obviously, it's a spin-off of Hawkeye. And with Daredevil and Kingpin. It was very, very good. I also loved the... um, the the usage of the sign language because most of the dialogue was in sign language because like echo is like death and so in order to communicate she uses sign language and every single person around her knows it and so many episodes were like filled with dialogue with sign language which was very very good nice to see and i also watched Boy Swallows Universe. This is Travis Flimmel's newest series, and it's about the it's about the underground of Australia, and um, I'll talk about it more in this episode. that's everything that I watched during the whole it's obviously the classics like Kevin <laughs> Home Alone then um, Santa Claus The Grinch I also enjoyed the bad guys this Christmas um, special and that was really cool the one was very, very interesting. But Aquafina sadly didn't return for the role of Tarantula. Tarantula. Um, yeah, it was very nice and funny and entertaining and cute. Now I want to finally 
talk about what's coming in to the theaters this year and my highlights for this year. <laughs> okay, so next month when I am on my way to this short trip, uh, you will be able to watch Argyle on Netflix with Superman, Henry Cavill, and that's a crime thriller comedy drama thingy. It's a movie, and I'm very excited about it. Then also, like, also 13 days after, because this one will be released on the 31st, and so 13 days afterwards, we will get the first Marvel movie. No, wait, is Spider-Man is Marvel and Sony. Mm, yeah, kind of. First Marvel movie. And that's Madame Web with Nico- Dakota Johnson. I don't know why I almost said Nikota Johnson. But Dakota Johnson and Sweetney Sweeney. Um, this is a Spider-Man spin-off. And about like another version of Spider-Man. And but this time in like Spider Woman. So then the one I'm we all have been waiting for Dune Part Two. I watched the first part again a few days ago and I and also like I went to the cinema to watch a movie and before the movie had started we got the trailer for Dune Part Two and I lost my shit. <laughs> I didn't care. I lost it. I was so excited. I'm still so excited. Then we also got the trailer for the zone of... What's it? The zone of iron? The iron zone? What's the name of the movie? Um, What's the name? The Zone? Oh yeah, The Zone of Interest by my favorite studio of all time, A24. And this is a, this is kind of like heavy subject, heavy subject because it's about um, this commandant of Auschwitz who, his name is Rudolf and he lives uh, like he lives he lives in a house and has a garden next to the concentration camp and so he strives to build a dream life for his family and it looked it wasn't a trailer fully but it was a teaser and that one gave me goosebumps and 
I really want to watch this one, but I know I will be bawling my eyes out. So I am like putting it onto my watch list, but I don't know if I will be able to watch it, to be honest. But I will try to watch it because it's like the subject is very heavy. And it's a heavy but necessary. And I debuted like at the Cannes Film Festival and tri- and Toronto International Film Festival, so you you know it's good. And Zurich Film Festival as well, so so and it, like it's re- received very good crit- like re- um, responses from the critics there at these festivals. Um. And it will officially be released on February twenty ninth, twenty twenty four. Also, Dune Part Two will be released February twenty ninth. The same day as the zone of interest, even though for the US you guys have to wait one day <laughs> to be able to watch it. Then also, so that was Mar- uh, February. For March, I'm very excited about Ghostbusters Frozen Empire because Ghostbusters Legacy was so good and very interesting. And then I'm also very excited for Pok Chan Hoo's newest movie with Robert Pattinson titled Mickey 17 and it's a sci-fi one it's um it's a, like it's so Robert Pattinson is a he is doing an experiment and when he dies, a lot of, like, his clones come to life. So it's kind of like an episode of Ricky and Morty, to be honest. But really, really interesting. And it's a sci-fi drama adventure one. And um, we got the first trailer. It looks very, very interesting. It looks like a... Oh, it stars Hulk, aka Mark Ruffalo, and Tony Collette, Steven Yoon. And it looks like Oxygen, but even more crazier, the movie. So I'm very excited about that. Then also, probably what we don't know, but I hope and wish for that is 
that sometime this year, the third installment of Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse will be released. And it was like originally scheduled for March 28th. Also, Mika 17 will be released March 28th as well. And along with Ghostbusters and Frozen Empire. And yeah, so I hope that. But... When was... Oh, okay, okay. So, for April, I'm very excited about Godzilla X Kong. I really hope that we will uh, X Kong the new empire. I really hope that we'll get more fight scenes between those monsters than we got um, in Godzilla vs. Kong last year. Or the year before, I don't remember, but yeah. And also for April, for we will get the second part of Rebel Moon, part two. This is called the first one was called the Child of Fire. This is called the Scavenger. We'll see if they will steal more from Star Wars and Avatar. <laughs> Then also for April, I'm very excited for Civil War. And this is a movie. Um. By Alex Garland. He did Men from last year. Uh, the previous, excuse me. Then, um, any, what's it called? Any, my god, I, I can't read that word. It's any hulation, any hul, any hulation. I don't know. So, that one. And I'm very excited because this one is like a dystopia and it's about, um, it's about like, it's about the, in, in the near future, a team of journalists travel across the United States during a rapidly ex, 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 excalating civil war that has, um, that has like, Engulfed the entire nation, and the actors Jesse Plemons is in this one, and Nick Offerman, who actually won his Golden Globe for The Last of Us, um, 
and Kirsten Kirsten Durst, and one other human. And Nelson Lee as well. He was in Ashoka and Westworld. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited about that because the the trailers looked very, very good from the cinematography wise. Cinematographically. Um, then also for April, I'm also very excited for the Challengers or called the challenges i always mix it up <laughs> oh yeah it's only called challenges with zendaya and and mike feist and it's about this like tennis player who seduces or these tennis players who, who like knew one another or each other when they were teenagers, and then they like compete in tennis tournament in tennis tournament probably Wembley, um or U.S. Open, and then to, then, like they are competing to be the world famous, grand slam winner but then they fall in love and then we have this like three like this these two like these three human beings like trying to make their careers work and then their um private lives work and zendaya is leading is the leading lady and um it's also like this actually happened, so it's based on the true story. So I'm very curious about that one. This movie, it will be released on April twenty sixth. Then for May, I'm very excited for the Fall Guy with Ryan Gosling, who plays the stuntman. But then the person who Ryan Gosling plays the stuntman for. He actually vanishes, and this is also based on a true story. So Ryan Gosling has to. Ryan Gosling has to um. Find this actor, and also Emily Blunt is also a part of it. So I'm very excited for that one. Then another excitement for me for this year is if. And um, that's. This is by Emily Blunt's husband, aka Jim, from The Office, and Ryan Gosling and John Krasinski. He, well, he. This is a movie that 
Ryan Gosling and the little girl go on to this journey because it's about imaginary friends, hence the name if. <laughs> and so they go on this journey because this imaginary friend of this little girl who is voiced by Michael Scott, aka Steve Carell, is is very sad because his friends are vanishing because the children are like growing up and I are not believing in imaginary friends anymore. So they Ryan Gosling not Ryan Gosling, Ryan Reynolds and this little girl have to like go on this journey and with with the imaginary friend voiced by Steve Carell and save the universe. And that one will be released on May 16th. Then another May highlight for me is Furiosa, a Mad Max saga, the spin-off uh, to Mad Max Fury Road um, about Char- Charlie Theron's character Furiosa and basically her like back story but this is played by Anya Taylor-Joy honestly like Honestly, the trailers kind of look like green screen a little bit, but or the CGI look not so well. But I, I am just convinced it will be as good as Max, Mad Max favorite, which is my favorite installment of the Mad Max franchise saga, whatever you want to call it. Also, Chris Hemsworth is also in it, and I like I watched the trailer and I was like, I. I had to go to IMDb and see that the villain is actually Chris Hemsworth and he doesn't really look like it. Like, it's so crazy that the villain is Chris Hemsworth and in the trailer you don't recognize him. So yeah, that I'm excited for May. Also for May, but I don't know, kinda. I I will be probably watching it just to I've watched it. But it's I'm Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, that one will be released on May May twenty third. Also in May, on May fourth to be on to be exact. Yes, that's the Star Wars date. Kofu Panda 4 will be released and I'm so excited for that movie because like Tai Long will be back and Jack Black, Jack Black will be back and Viola Davis is new and Aquafina is new and I'm so excited for that one. Also in May, well, oh, excuse me, it's in May, in June. We'll get the John Wick spin-off, Ballerina, with Anna de Armas and Kriana Reeves as John Wick in it. I'm very excited about that one. 
will be released in June, on June 6th. Then also in June on June 13th, we'll be getting the fourth installment of Bad Boys 4 with Will Smith and the other person. I forgot his name. <laughs> um, then also my highlight for June, also on the same day, we'll get the second installment of Inside Out, Inside Out 2 with new emotions that, such as stress, um, anxiety, and so we'll get, get to watch. Riley be like being in pu- in puberty, going through puberty. I'm very excited about that one. Then also on June twenty seventh we'll be getting a quiet place day one, this prequel to a quiet place. Mm. Then another highlight f- for July is Deadpool three because of Wolverine and it's actually this is the first the la- like the only movie which will be released by Marvel for 2024 then Then, um, oh, I just f- realized it was actually released, no, I thought Ju- Ju- it's Ju- it will be released on July 25th, then Beverly Hills Cop, AXLF, um, this was supposed, to, it's with Eddie Murphy, and it's supposed to come out in the middle of 2024, then... Borderlines, the video game adaptation, which I haven't played, one which I haven't played, ever. Um, I've never played that game, but I heard it's really good. Anyways, so that will be released on August eighth, and then Alien, another spin-off of Alien, titled Alien. Romulus, will be released on August fifteenth. Then my highlight. I, I'm kind of, it's not my highlight, one of my highlights, but I'm kind of scared because I don't want it to end up as Morbius did. But Craven the Hunter with Aaron Taylor Johnson will be released on August 29th. Then my highlight will, it is Beetlejuice 2. It, it will be released on September 5th. Then Joker, also another highlight of mine, will be Joker 2, aka Jolo Folu Adu, with Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn, and it's going to be a musical, I'm very curious about that. That one will be released on October 3rd. Obviously, around in October, we'll get Saw 11. <laughs> um, then... Us in this in November on November seventh, we'll get to watch Venom three, which is also in a highlight of mine. I'm very excited about that. Then and probably the highlight for me for 2024 is 
Gladiator, Gladiator 2 by Ridley Scott. And um, I'm excited. I'm so excited about this movie. I love Gladiator 1 in the 2000s. And I'm so excited for Gladiator 2. I really hope... I really hope it won't be a disappointment a disappointment a disappointment for me um yeah then on december 12th oh yeah also gladiator 2 will be released on november 21st great the, then on december 20 no december 12th we'll get the character kid which is will be from the a newer version of the character kid with Jackie Chan. And I'm very excited about that one. Then on December 19th, we'll get the Mufasa, the Lion King sequel, uh, prequel to Mufasa from The Lion King. It will be a musical, and I don't, I have no idea. Or, and like, and I, and, 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 and like, I can imagine how that will be, but I'm excited. Then, on December 25th, on Christmas Day, Nosferatu will be, will get a, a movie adaptation with, what's his face? <laughs> With also Elder Aaron Taylor Johnson, Nicholas Holt, and Willem Dafoe. And yeah, we'll see Willem Dafoe in it one. Then also, sometime in 2024, we'll get the movie Mega. Megapolis. This is the movie. Wait. Oh, yeah. This is a movie about... Um, an architect, like he wants to rebuild New York City as a utopia, following a devastating, following a dev- devastating disaster, and it stars Adam Driver, Jason Schwartzman, Aubrey Plaza, Natalie Emanuel from the Fast Frontiers, um. Guarlo Esposito, Leon Lawrence Fishburne, then Forrest Whitaker, 
And I'm very excited because the director is none other than Francis Ford Coppola. You know, that will be good. But we don't we don't have a specific date yet. I just think it will come either November or December. Could be Yeah. That or like I don't know, before Civil War, I don't know. We'll see. So yeah, those are my highlights for this year of twenty twenty four. In them, in regards of movies, but TV shows will be obviously amazing. I will talk about them in the next episode, or probably, yeah, next episode. I'll share my January watch list with you. So, On January first, I watched brothers. The brothers. The, <laughs> um, no, excuse me. On January first, I watched. Uh, what did I watch? Oh yeah, I watched a bit of One Piece. Now I'm at seven hundred and five episode seven hundred and five. Then on January second, I watched episode 8 and 9 I think or no 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 episode 9 I watched oh yeah episode 8 and 9 because I was like I was like too lazy to watch episode uh, I was like not lazy but like well I was lazy and then I was also tired because I had because on because on New Year's day I was up until 4am because it was just such a vibe, that's why. So, yeah. So, on January 2nd, I watched episode 8 and 9 of um, Monarch. Then, on January... Fourth, I watched The Brother's Son. Then on Jan- also and then I went to the movies and watched the movie. Um then on January fifth I watched more One Piece. Then on January sixth I watched The Hunger Games The Songboards of Snakes. Then on January eighth and ninth, I watched and oh yeah, also on January fourth, uh, fifth, I watched the like I said the documentary the the Bitcoin Bitcoin one and then the what we eat, you are what you eat documentary on Netflix, then. On January 3rd, I watched Percy Jackson, the 4th and 
fifth episode. Then I also watched on January eighth and ninth more One Piece, like I said. Then um on January tenth, I watched Echo. I talked about it. You know that already my opinion. Then on January eleventh, I watched Boy Swallows Universe with Travis Fimmel on Netflix. Um, Then also on January 12th, I watched the season finale of Monarch. Um, Also on January 3rd, I watched the sixth episode of, uh, what's his name? Percy Jackson. Um, Because I was like very sad that we didn't get an episode of power on um gen power to no what was it power book f- three resin canon I watched the entire second season in one sitting and I so I filled that wood on January 12th, also a bit of January 13th, and on January 14th, I I didn't watch anything, I just enjoyed some family time, and and on January 15th, I watched Dune again because I, I don't know, I, I'm just preparing for March, for February. So, yeah. Then on January 8th, uh, 17th, I watched the 7th episode of Percy Jackson. And ugh, I'm kind of sad because it will end next week. But I'm still very, very excited about it. And today is January 18th. So, I will be watching I really want to watch like I will be probably watching um more one piece and also um Priscilla. I want to watch that one. We'll see if I get to that one. So yeah, that, also like on, 
Also on January twenty fifth, I'll be watching Giselda with um, what's her name? Uh, 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 uh. Sofia Vergara. In the leading role. I'm very excited about that one. So yeah. That's my watch list for. January. 2024. I think last year. It was like even more filled. We had Kaleidoscope. We had a bunch of other. Oh yeah we had. Um. Then we have didn't we have the last of us and poker face and Mayfair witches yeah it was even more fulfilled than this year okay let's talk about the brother's son so, as I told you that I was very excited about this series, and um, it stars Mr. Michelle Yeoh, who we know from Everything Everywhere All At Once from last year. And so the, 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 the I can talk. The brother son is a is a series with with eight episodes on Netflix, and it's an action comedy drama. And it's about it's about like Charles' son, and who is a gangster. And he settled into his life as a notorious killer, but then he has to go to LA to protect his mother, that's Michelle Yeoh, and his younger brother. And after his father was shot by a mysterious assassin, And so that's basically the journey from episode 1 to episode 8. And it really reminds me of like Shang-Chi meets G.I. Joe meets Florida Man also on Netflix. And I just love the MMA scenes, fight scenes with also like the brutality of this series with Michelle Yeoh like... Um, how should I say? Is Mich in the trailers we saw Michelle Yeoh, uh, <laughs> like separating a dead body with the help of a, a saw and the screwdriver, 
and I just love the explicitity of this series. And also, like, the dialogue is very funny, and um, it's like a mix of action, comedy, and drama, and but it has very emotional scenes, but also like funny scenes, and it's like very binge worthy, and it's it craves like it it may, after an episode you are just like left with wanting more. And, um, I really enjoy it. It's like, like I said, it's, it also has something of beef also from Netflix. Um, I don't know how to describe it, but it's because it's like, you have crime, you have a lot of fun dialogue, and then you have like, um, some mob mob stuff and the gangster stuff then you have some family stuff then it's a mix of so many genres and so many like relatable family stuff some more relatable than others but at the end it's really really good and it's like it's also like wholesome weirdly because of the family stuff but also like very brutal and of the crime stuff and then you have the police as well trying to like locate them so it's like basically an episode of like true detective meets power meets um asian gangster mob like stuff and i enjoyed every single episode um also, like, someone gets, like, in, in gets arrested, and you have, like, like I said, it's basically a po- an episode of power, but I still enjoyed this series, and, um, I would love to see a second season, because there is this cliffhanger at the, at the end, at the F- at episode 8, and, um, yeah, I really, really enjoy it. Like, it's... I don't want to spoiler much, but the twists and turns... Oh, there were... Those were very, very good. And I... Like, I still have goosebumps when I'm thinking about those. And, um... Yeah, some were, like, kind of, like, foreshadowy. But some weren't foreshadowy. And, oh my god, it was very, very good. It's like, I would say it's the best thing that I watched this year for so far. So Echo is the is a spin-off of the Marvel series Hawkeye. But also, it's also like another spin-off. Or like should I say canon uh, for the Defenders series of Marvel and Netflix and those are the following Daredevil, The Punisher, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, 
and defenders and our iron fist but iron fist yeah iron fist and so before watching echo make sure you watch all of them like all of the series i just mentioned but also hawkeye because you will be very confused if you have not seen hawkeye on disney plus and so it has like five episodes this one has five episodes hawkeye had six episodes and it jumps from from like the season finale of hawkeye and um and to and to the aftermath of the season finale of hawkeye and so obviously we knew that kingpin would be still alive so first we we like in the first episode we actually jump um jump like to the hawk to the season finale of hawkeye and then to um how she escaped from how maya escaped from um kingpin and like she escaped to her hometown and the special thing about maya is that she is deaf and is an empty and so the majority of the episodes like i said earlier is in sign language but also like sign language but also with subtitles for those who don't know sign language so i really like that aspect and i also liked that maya is the second um native american character well actually like third because we have black panther then we have um kahori from Alif and her and so she we jump in between time from her like her mom and then like and her native american um like tribe and how that was that that was like living in there in that and also then we jump back in the uh, forward in time to when she finds out that kingpin is still alive and is lo- looking for her so she one she embraces the meaning of family and community and two then she uh and then she like she's like back with her family in her hometown and her friends and and also we see daredevil because they um they have like this fight scene which to me was a bit necessary because Daredevil is blind and Maya is deaf so it was like very interesting to see 
that's what I loved seeing Daredevil in his costume again. And also, like, Maya thought Daredevil was evil, so she <laughs> she fought him. Um, And also, like, when we jump back in time, we see, like, how Kingpin took her under her wings. And... And how, like, he... He trained her to be this ruthless assassin that she is. But we, like, but she had some, well, not he, but, like, not Maya, but the Kingpin had some skeletons in his closet, which will be revealed in the, I think, last episode of the series. So, yeah. To me, like, Echo... I love the first episode because there was this really cool fight scene. And it's like every single, in almost every single fight scene, we actually like the sound was like dimmed. So you, when you were watching it, you would be feeling how it is to be death and fight because you don't really hear anything, but you see. So it's, that was very interesting. And... Um, let me think what else happened in the first episode. So, yeah, we saw, like, in her... Hold on. Yeah, well, basically, she was, like, on her... Oh, also, also, on the first episode, he... Um, there was another cameo of someone. I screamed because I wasn't expecting, and... Echo actually thought that this person was evil as well, so she fought him. But, but this someone, he um, he like basically told Maya that what we know from the Daredevil series that Kingpin killed his own father when he was young. He shot him, and so. And that he is like looking for, her. and um, yeah, that was basically the first episode. And then in the second episode, um, it like it goes back in time again because because like we kind of basically like you know it's an origin story, so we are back in the tribe, and then how the how her mother or her great-grandmother and her mother actually they like lived in this tribe tribe this native american tribe and then we jump uh, back to the present and so maya goes back to her hometown and uh, she locates her family her remaining family to help take down the kingpin and his army 
So that's one quest. Another quest is that she is experiencing strange visions. I, I love that. Actually, I love how she, her mom like got the um powers and then she inherited those powers. Um, so she, she like has these visions, uh, visions of either like something that will happen in later in the series or something that has happened to her grandmother so it's kind of like this generational power so that was like the second episode i don't know i thought it was a weak one because we there well we just saw maya being mostly on her motorcycle and driving around her hometown then in the third episode also like this series doesn't really have um the usual like marvel mm, what's the name marvel Yeah, cliffhangers. That's what the word I was looking for. And so, so yeah, her hometown is Tamaha. And um, in the third episode, we like, we actually stay for the majority of time in, in the present. And so Maya finds out because due to her friends that the kingpin is um once again after her and his goons are after her so and also she learns the valuable lesson of color damage so she does a few things to the kingpin and um and then there's this very gruesome there was this very gruesome scene with where a Worth will where one where um one goon of the kingpin was torturing Maya's friend, and it was very gruesome. I also love the outrightedness of this of this series because it's very very bloody and very very violent, and um but to that more because we have to talk about. episode yeah that was basically episode three um and episode four we see like how the kingpin basically raised maya and how like it with what mm, how can i say it? he like he would basically hurt every single person who would come near her and um And so the like one I think in this episode also um Maya is like at a crossroad because one she knows who her family is and two she also like you know she 
knows where they are, but the kingpin doesn't. So he kind of like tries to lure her back into the underworld. And also she gets threatened by the kingpin's goons. So they're like saying, we're going to kill you and your family if you, you know, don't do the dirty work of the kingpin. That's one. And the other thing is that some situations from Maya's past from New York City come um come like back or like come back to bite her in her butt. So she has to like choose wisely and but also, like, some of those ha- will also have, like, effects on her future. So, uh, it's so hard not to spoil her, but that's basically what's what's going on in this episode. That's like, like, the campaign is, like, very, very angry after what uh, Maya did. Then, and, um... So in the fifth episode, in the town of Tamaha, they the Native Americans are having this like festival where they like dance and eat. So Maya also goes there, but then she finds out that the goons of the kingpin are also like also on their ways onto there. So she backs up, but. But they basically, like her mother and her grand great grandmother, they get um. They get kidnapped by the goons of Kingpin, so Maya has to like save her, save them, so she uses her powers, and um, also. What also like Maya can do is like she can make you remember stuff, or like make it seem that you it happened that way. So very manipulative, and so she does that, and then she kind of like realizes that the kingpin didn't really learn sign language because she's like, oh, you just did this because you so you don't have to learn sign, but. He kind of knows how to say I love you. That's it. That's basically what he can say. So. And like. Also like. Uh, the campaign also like. Learns. That Maya knows. What he did to his father. So she's even more furious. And then the campaign. Once again threatens her. And her family. If she like doesn't. Uh come back to him and work for him as an assassin yeah then we have this first cliffhanger and then in the season finale oh wait that's the season finale oopsie <laughs> um, we actually see like that because of the native americans are like dancing around Tamaha, she 
Maya Maya's powers also become very very strong, and so the kingpin can't really do shit about it, and so he he's kind of like defeated for now. Then there's this um post credit scene where we see what probably will be happening in um in in in, in, in Daredevil born again. Because we see Kingpin, like, he actually removed the plaster on his, or, like, band-aid on, of his, of his eye. You know, he, um, Maya had shot him in the season finale of Hawkeye, in, onto his face. <laughs> and so, um, he, like, removed it, and then he, like, looked at the camera. But before that, he was on the plane, and he was like, okay, I have to, like, summon these families. Because in the news, they were saying that somebody wanted to become a mayor. And also, like, spoiler alert for the Daredevil Born Again, but also the comics, that the Kingpin will become a president. And, um... And I guess that will that won't be very like I guess the defenders will be fighting against him again. So and also Maya as well. So yeah, that that was the post credit scene. Now for the thing I want to talk about, one this is the first like series after the Marvel Studios Spotlight like company, which is um for original stories and in this case it's like for and for a story which hasn't hasn't had like a I don't know, it's isn't from a franchise or something so my problem with echo is one it's a spin-off of a spin-off like hawkeye is a spin-off of the avengers hawkeye and so maya is a spin-off of hawkeye and daredevil so where else? And uh, that's number one. Number two, is that that doesn't like fit into the umbrella term of the spotlight company. Number two is that this could have easily been a two hour like one one hour thirty or two hour thirty movie, like a special Marvel special, than a five episode series, because it started great. But it had its like weaknesses, and um, I'm very um I'm like pleased that it was R rated. But it was a great story, but then it the f- story kind of fell off, and um, I don't know what to think about. Like I enjoyed it, yes, but it could have been so much better and like also the the scenes we saw in the trailers and the teasers they weren't in it i don't know where they went and also like the kevin feige so the series was like done and wrapped had wrapped up but kevin feige said that he didn't like the story so they made a lot of reshoots and i to me like in instead of those reshoots they would have done um or like they would have made a a movie out of this five 
the episode series. One, it's also like they at first said it will be have six episodes, but it has it has five. Uh, five. One. So that's another thing I didn't like. Another thing that I didn't like is that the kingpin. In in comparison to Daredevil, was like kind of a softy in this series because in the comics and in Daredevil he was even more like ruthless and brutal and gruesome. So I don't know what happened between like Daredevil and Hawkeye to him. Like he. He wasn't as aggressive or as, like I said, ruthless as in Daredevil. And I kind of missed that because, like, even in the comics, he's, like, even more um, brutal and aggressive. But he wasn't that. He was just very soft, which I understand why, but then... You know, the balance should have been here of like being soft and being ruthless. It wasn't the case. Another thing is that I didn't really like, I love Wins the One, but he's a perfect kingpin. But um, I really like didn't really buy his injuries from the season finale of Hawkeye because for someone who has who has been shot in his face multiple times um he was like too healthy for me and I was like in his leg as well but like more in his face and so I don't know I didn't really buy that acting as if he like was shot in his face and couldn't you know couldn't see well. I didn't understand that. Um, yeah, so the echo was like good when it was good and bad when it was when uh, it was supposed to be good. But nevertheless, I really enjoyed Echo, and um, I don't think it will get a second season. To be honest, but I think I like I would give it a. Six, seven out of ten. Solely because of Daredevil. But yeah. I really enjoyed Echo. With that being said, thank you so, so much for listening and for your support. And Happy New Year. I am so happy and glad that that podcast is back. Because, like I said... The first episode of 2024 was just two hours long, or more than that. So, I'm very excited for all the TV shows and the movies which will be released this year. Also, like, a few movies, I... As you guys know, that was that majority of this episode was pre-recorded, so I have some updates. Um, So, mo- what's the name? Ghostbusters will be released in March. Then... What's the name? Kung Fu Panda 4 will be released also in March. I am very excited to watch it actually, like in two months. And um, yeah, those are the updates.
And uh, in the next episode, we'll be talking about the Golden Globes, the Emmys, um, the Critics' Choice Awards. Yeah, it will be an award-filled um, episode. And also, I finished um, Percy Jackson. No, okay, not not yet. I'm sorry. I watched the sixth episode today. And actually, not today. Excuse me. Yesterday, and so that that one. I also finished um, Monarch Legacy of Monsters, which spoiler alert, we saw King Kong and Godzilla, and they fought, and I was so happy about that. So, I think that what happened in Monarch Legacy will play a big part in King Kong versus Godzilla versus Kong New Empire in a couple of months I think was it was it May or March if it's May it's a couple of months if it's um, if it's March if it it's in two months if it's May it's it will be in four months anyways so yeah, I was very happy about that. Then um also like about the twist. But I don't want to spoil it because I know many people haven't watched it yet. So yeah, like if you before watching King Kong King versus Kong uh Godzilla versus Kong New Empire, better watch um Godzilla versus Kong and um if it's necessary which is kinda necessary for um Monarch like a surf monsters, I watch uh, King Kong's Box Skull Island, and and then you will be good to go. Yeah, that's it. Make sure to turn on the notifications so you don't miss an episode. Make sure to give this podcast five stars. Write a kind review on all podcast applications, and. Also check out the social check out the social accounts of the podcast, and um yeah happy new year. Bye. Oh wait, forgot to say that. I wish you a great day, night, wherever, and I'll talk to you on Sunday, January twenty first. Bye.